Roethlisberger saga is heating up. Well, except for one thing. Nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. In fact, all that's really occurred since the last time we heard anybody speak about Ben Roethlisberger of any consequence is that some time has passed, and not even very much time. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. I offer up one of these every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. I also, if you're interested in hockey and or baseball, offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. We've now reached the point of the Ben saga where reporters who are used to breaking stuff are frustrated and attempting to break stuff that literally does not exist. Having spent a lifetime in this business, I'd like to think that I can identify these things when I see them. So when the pattern, the pattern of all of these various national NFL types, these reporters, is that they first begin by saying something that sounds semi-inflammatory, but then acknowledging, because they do have editors who need to clear this sort of thing, acknowledging that nothing's actually happened. The Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger and or Ryan Tolner, his agent, have not had a negotiating session. They have not had a solitary negotiating session. Well, why haven't they had the negotiating session? Maybe they don't like each other. Maybe this and that. Maybe this and that. The more time that passes, this one's very common, the more time that passes, the more sinister or whatever this looks. Well, no. If you were paying attention to what Kevin Colbert actually said, Last week, it was very clear. He stated in no uncertain terms that the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger and or his representation wouldn't be meeting until they had a much clearer idea of the salary cap. They wouldn't be having a formal meeting until they had this thing figured out. All that's happened in the interim on that front, on the cap front, is that it's been determined that the minimum, the minimum payroll figure, uh, I'm sorry, it's not the minimum payroll figure. It's the, the minimum amount that the cap will be. So there's a difference. It'll be 180. It'll be 180 million, which is barely up from 175. So when you see, for example, yesterday that the Steelers worked out uh, a restructuring with Cam Hayward that'll save them $7 million on the cap. That's good. That's nice. That helps. But it helps in a vacuum. You still don't know the number. They're going to go to Stefan Tuitt next first. I have no doubt about that. They're probably going to end up saving another $4 million with a restructure that they do with Steph. And they, they could also go to Chris Boswell, maybe get another million or whatever it is. And you'll end up with... What did I, what's that add up to? $12 million in savings. Nothing to sneeze at. Nothing to sneeze at. Maybe it's what allows you to keep a Mike Hilton or a Cam Sutton. 
however it is that that works out. That's good, but it's not an answer. It's not definitive. It's not, here's our cap figure. So they aren't in a position to go to Ben and say, listen, see this right here? Here are our scenarios. Here's the roster that we have to make up. Here's the roster that we feel, and again, I'm kind of paraphrasing Colbert himself when I point this out, that would be worthy of having you on the roster, that wouldn't be some kind of rebuild or something. Here's what we need to do. Here's the money that we have free. Here's what we need to do. You tell us, Ben, that you want us to keep Juju. Well, here's what would have to happen. They want to be able to go to Ben's representatives and give them a cold, hard figure on what they expect as a concession from Ben. But they're not equipped to do that until they have the cap numbers. Does this make sense? It does to me. Maybe I'm not explaining it very well. But that's it. They don't have a price tag. They want to be able to go to Ben and say, listen, you want all these things? You're going to have to come down to this level. And they want to have it concrete. They want to have it set in stone. They want to make it very, very clear why they can't slash won't keep Juju or keep someone else that Ben would want or to sign a pretty good center to replace Marquise Pouncey. That's the kind of thing they have to take to him. And when they do that, that's when they pop the big question. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our new partners at Fubo TV. If you're paying around 200 bucks a month for cable, as most of us do, Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels with an emphasis on sports, and now including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, meaning you can watch all the Penguins games, all the Pirates games, and you've basically lost all your excuses to hang on to cable. For our listeners only, go to FuboTV.com DK to get 15% off your first month. One more time. FuboTV.com slash DK, 15% off your first month. The big question, of course, that you ask Ben is, are you taking it or are you leaving it? And that, that is when this becomes a real story and not just some narrative that's being poked out of nothing. That's when this gets serious. Because they are going to lay out a groundwork where they get what they want in either direction, meaning the Steelers. They'll either get Ben back, but get him back on their terms, or or let him go. Let him go. Start figuring out something else. Start figuring out something else. You'll save $19 million in, gap, in cap hit if he's gone. You'll have the 12 million that I just described. Now we're talking about 31. Uh, it's still not 31 in, in cap space because they're over currently, but it's way more than what we're discussing otherwise. Now their quarterback is under contract, meaning Mason Rudolph at a very, very low price, I might add. Can you go out and cobble together a competitive enough offense to go with what could or would be uh, either a pretty good or very good defense? I don't know. 
I don't know. But I don't see the Steelers as losing in either of those two scenarios. However, I will at least admit that I'm now getting ahead of myself with this as opposed to trying to turn this into some sort of substantive report when nothing is happening. When we come back, just one question. question if you'd like to leave one you can do that by visiting dk pittsburgh sports find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments this segment of daily shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of luxembourg garbett kelly and george lgkg they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers comp who filed for medical malpractice claims the attorneys at lgkg have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's Just One Question comes from Ben Christian, who asks, I don't know if the Steelers like him or not, but if they do, why not make a run for Jordan Love? The Packers drafted him too early, obviously, and Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. You should not have to give up anything more than where he was drafted, except maybe an additional late-round pick. He's been under Rodgers now for a year, so a year of NFL study appears to be very talented. I've brought this up to others, and nobody's given me a good reason why this is a bad idea. Well, Ben, you've found your place. <laughs> because this is a bad idea. You know, the only idea actually worse than yours with all due respect, was the Packers' actual drafting of Jordan Love. You have to understand, not only did they waste a first-round pick, 26th overall, but they traded up into that position to get him in a year that Aaron Rodgers would go on to win his third NFL MVP award, Oh, and by the way, Green Bay would advance to the NFC Championship game, a game in which maybe they could have used a wide receiver or two or three to help out the MVP. But they didn't have that because they didn't go get that. They fell into that trap that a lot of teams fall into, and I really don't like it, that says that you have to have your successor quarterback sitting back there in the dark room waiting for his chance until it's time. This is the mentality, and I'm going to give you the few positive examples of this, that was born of Steve Young waiting in the shadows of Joe Montana. Aaron Rodgers himself waiting in the shadows of Brett Favre. Uh, it makes everyone sleep more easily. They don't have to worry about who's going to be the next quarterback. What are they going to have in the way of a disruptive offseason? You know, kind of like the stuff I was just talking about in the first segment. Difference is the Steelers aren't troubled by it. The Packers were, oh, no, we got to go get our guy now. 
So they did, and they blew a really, really good opportunity because let me remind you that had the Packers drafted a wide receiver in that first round, and this is not revisionist history because it was true at the time, had they done that, they would have ended up, at least theoretically, with a wide receiver significantly better than Chase Claypool. Because Claypool, if you'll recall, was the 11th receiver taken in that draft. 11th. And there were supposed to be, and still are, 10 receivers considered to be better than Claypool. So, maybe not the greatest move. No, the Steelers should not be pursuing this player. Uh, he did not distinguish himself in Green Bay's setting in his first year. There's no thought right now that they actually did find Rodgers' successor. If the Steelers and Ben don't figure this out, I can't say this often enough, but here it comes in all bold letters, all caps. Mason Rudolph's going to be the quarterback. If Dwayne Haskins is still here, and I don't know that he will be because I still see him as a four, they're not going to have yet another project-type quarterback. That wouldn't make any sense. That doesn't add anything to your quarterback room. It doesn't add anything to your sideline. Most important, it doesn't add anything to your football team. If all of your quarterbacks are pupils, you see what I'm saying here? You've got a new coordinator in place. I mean, newly promoted in Matt Canada. The last thing you want to do is to have everybody wondering what the heck is going on. If they're going to add another quarterback, it's going to be a backup, a veteran backup to Rudolph. Mark my words on that. Or, you know, Ben's coming back. We'll see. <laughs> Oh, I hope I didn't make you mad with my answer. I mean, but it's just, you know, this is what you get sometimes when you when you ask a question like that. So uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening, and we will do this again tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career-ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.